Hello everyone, welcome to the Weeb Initiative, I'm your host, the Weeb. This is the show where every other week I'll be talking about anime, manga and everything in between. This week I'll be talking about, uh, let's say, dying breed of a genre, it's following my season theme of talking about the different genres that are on anime. This week I'll be talking about the battle royale kind of subgenre of the action genre. Why do I do that? Because... For lack of better explanation, the anime I'm analyzing today is one of the, in my opinion, one of the most watches, must watch if you start watching anime at all. It is a really a pretty good anime when you're starting. It has a pretty good plot, although it, it has its flaws, but I mean, who, who doesn't? Anyways, before I even start, um, I start with the disclaimers. Disclaimer number one, uh, spoiler alert, although I will not spoil everything because there, I mean, this is a spoiler in itself, but later things in the anime really turn the tide around for the story. So I think it would be best if I didn't talk much about the details. Also... I will keep this one kind of short before I even start to get into the the nuances of what the plot really comes down to at the end of the anime. And disclaimer number two, I didn't read the manga. I first watched Mirai Nikki back in, I don't know, 2015, maybe, and I didn't even i mean didn't even take the time to actually read the manga because the the ending is the same and disclaimer number three i will be talking about just the normal anime i will not be talking about the ova because spoilers so i already kind of screwed up the order but this week i'll be talking about mirai nikki or future diary if you are watching on in english and so before i even start with the story Let's get to the stats. So Mirai Nikki was originally a manga. First, uh, the original run was from January 2006 to December 2010 with 12 volumes. It was originally written by Sakae Esuno. There was later on a side story, kind of side plot of, let's say, a spin-off named um, Mirai Nikki Mosaic or Redial from the Wikipedia article. The anime was originally ran through October 2011 to April 2012. It has 26 episodes plus the OVA and the studio responsible by it was Azred. Azred? I, I don't actually know how to pronounce this. Um, they are a fairly, from what I can research here, a fairly small studio. They have, I mean, not as many works as other ones that I already um, talked about in other reviews. 
their f um, just to give an idea, the f their foundation was 2003, so yeah, fairly new studio, as all things considered. The one anime I actually watched from them that I can actually remember was Arifureta from Commonplace to World's Strongest, which is a fairly new anime, so they, I don't know, they didn't hit the mark for me as a, let's say, well-known studio. Anyways, that, that's not the, the, the point here. So, now that I that I told you about uh, the whole stat, there was also a television drama. I don't actually know if it follows the original story, but it ran from April 2012 to June 2012 with 11 episodes. So, let's get to the meat and potatoes, the story. And why this subgenre is kind of a dying breed, as I already said. So, battle royals are not, um, let's say, at this point in 2023, they are not really anything new. Uh, if I'm being really honest, the, the notion of a uh, last man standing kind of survival game in media is really old. I think the first one to actually... Uh, get this to mass public was the um, the first uh, big movie about it. It is called Battle Royale. It is a Japanese movie from I think 2000, and it it in itself already shows off a lot of the template for this kind of this kind of media. Let's say because all the Battle Royale, all these less mainstanding, always kind of run the same course. I mean, you know that it will win in a certain way, but um, the journey m many times is way more important than the outcome because the outcome is kind of played out already. <laughs> By the middle to the end, it's kind of you already know who's gonna win, that there's no drama here. That being said, right, so Mirai Nikki has. A really good twist to the formula, I would say, because it introduces, let's say, a, an agent of, of chaos. Um, let's say, age of chaos, it's more of a, let's say, game theory term of, you know the, the ending, more or less, from the beginning, you know who's the main character and that they will most likely be the winner of the last man standing. But the thing is, right, Mirai Nikki has two main characters and it really comes out that the second main character let's let's just start it with the story already because i think the explanation is way better that way so our main character is amano yukiteru he is a really timid really sh more or less shutting uh, introvert kind of guy who um, for one reason or another, he writes a journal on his cell phone. And before I even, I even mention it, um, this was originally written in 2006. The first smartphone as we know it today was the iPhone back in 2007. And the way the timeline of the original manga being written uh, from 2007 to 2010, there was three generations of iPhones and even then uh, there were 
already there were already uh, competitors to it. Uh, it's a detail I, I know, but I think it's uh, kind of important to to um, set the scene of the the notion that people had with cell phones and telephones and whatever. The thing is, the guy writes in Japanese on a flip phone. I cannot even begin to fathom the hours of finger workouts. Like, man, that's that's really hard. Anyways, I'm getting I, I'm getting off track. Let's go go. So Yukteru is this timid guy, really, really shedding, really just wants to live his life um, kind of alone, and he documents all. He, all the things he sees in his diary for no really um, real reason, but he just does it. And then we get introduced to not the the main med- mediator, let's say the the um, the one that kicks things off. That is his, let's say, and to the very beginning, his imaginary friend, Deus Ex Machina, who's the god of time and space. As it turns out, he was not his imaginary friend, and actually Deus was really a god of the time-space, and he comes up with the Fallen. So, for some reason, there's this notion in the universe that the gods in the time continuum, uh, they have an expiration date, let's say. There's a point that they die. Because they die. And for lack of a better method, uh, Deus comes out with this plan to choose the next uh, to be God. He institutes the survival game of less one standing. Everybody kills everyone. And the real twist here is that there are 12 people involved they don't know their identities one one for another and all of them have diaries that they keep in different forms and different fashions but all of them tell of the future so for instance uh, Yukiteru's diary is the random diary so the diary always um, let's say it writes itself with everything that Yukiteru will see of his surroundings and each of the um, each of the characters have a kind of a different uh, condition slash um, method of activating their diaries more or less the diaries are always active the, the thing is right uh, what's the the grand um, let's say the <laughs> what's the the sauce what's the the things that differs the although the future is always pre-written um people with the diaries the diary owners can always alter it if they do something outside of what's pre-written so for instance uh one of the the ways they emphasize this a lot there is a flag that the diary will give any time um the, di- the future says you will die. The dead end flag is when the diary shows dead end in English. Uh, the the whole diary is always written in Japanese, except this dead end kind of deal. And the dead end is the diary basically saying you are going to die. But based on 
your actions as a diary owner or even the actions of others outside of the game you can actually uh, revert that and change the future more or less Th this is an, just an example but the basic mechanic is that the future although it's pre-written it can be changed and this is one of the many themes that goes on in the anime and even by the end it really comes out as the main main thing is that uh although the future can be pre-written the free will and the actions you do are more important than than you sitting around because the um, it's really a, a, a time paradox let's say whenever you know what's going to happen you can change what you do to basically either go with the future you want or change the the outcome let's say and th this is the basic uh, the basic thing that rolls around in the anime for its entirety so from this point on we know Yukiteru and Deus and Murumuru which is kind of Deus Deus's servant and then we get to know um, the reason I wanted to talk about it, the whole anime, really, because I think she it, herself has become such a everlasting symbol of things, um, things that she represents or things that the, the the archetype is basically her. She's the archetype in itself. Gasai, you know the first and the not the first. The first is. is a bit, uh, I'm exaggerating. Gasai Yuno is the main girl of the series, and she's the embodiment of the Yandere archetype. She's obsessed in love with Yukiteru. And throughout the anime, we get to know her story and see uh, how insane she is. And this is the, the real twist of Mirai Nikki. Uh, although, as I already said, you kind of know where this is going to end. Um, the addition of Yuno really pumps up the um, I, I wanna watch it factor. Because although the, the at the beginning she's not really that insane, from the let's say from the kind of from the middle to the end, it really takes oh it, it's such a leap forward and it changes so much of the um, the way things work although i'm giving way more credit than really is due because some of the choices that the guys made for i don't know if and this is this is also a disclaimer i don't know if the translation from manga to anime kind of changed a lot of things but i would just say something just happened happen off screen and really just really important things happen off screen which is pretty bad and also there is a lack of kind of let's say a lack of reading the room more or less uh, sometimes the comedic time is way off and there's also this uh, looming feeling that, that I got I I've got I don't I don't know if you will do but the thing is right so and this is already going through the story. So they enter this, this survival game. And from the very start, Yuno already goes to Yukiteru and says, uh, Use me as you want. I want you to become God. And I will do anything you say. But basically, that's basically it. 
And from the very beginning, Yukiteru does not take um, advantage of that. And for one reason or another, he, he, he sees that Yuno is basically insane. So he senses the danger in allowing someone so insane to be close to him. But at the same time, there are parts which are kind of good, kind of uh, good, uh, kind of cute, because they try to develop this kind of romance. Because at the end of the day, Yuno really likes, um, really loves Yukiteru, and he eventually comes around to liking her too. And so eventually they try to develop the romance. Although to me, it comes out as um. I, and I cannot really express this well enough, but it really comes out as those horror movies where the thing's just creepy. It's not about the jump scares, but uh, something like the hostel, right? Something like the... not the hostel, but I, I can't really find myself a good example because I don't watch a lot of horror movies, but uh, there's always this looming like... Yeah, she may be cute, but you you know she's gonna kill you, right? And for me, this, this is really jarring for watching it. Because at some point, Yukiteru really forgets that she is a killer. She, we even find out that actually um, she killed her parents. And you see from the very beginning also, when they go fight other people, other diary owners... Uh, she kills without hesitation, and so this really comes around to the fact that Yuno is insane, and in the same way that she's insane, she really is someone you would not going around, right? Even though Yukiteru does, and from this point on, basically, the, the whole thing starts to go down, so we get to meet all um, the other players, more or less. At the beginning, we get to meet um, very few players. I, I think the, the first season, we get to see uh, the majority of players going, from my recollection, going through it. Basically, two of the players get killed really, really easily, really, really fast. I don't know if the manga is the same, but again, this, this may be just the way it is. But the... So they call themselves from the first to the to the twelfth um, diary owner. So Yukiteru is the first, Yuno is the second, and so on and so forth. So in the first episode, we get to see the the third diary owner um, go down. So the the rules are simple. So anyone ha any diary owner has their form of a diary. So most of them will have uh, cell phones, uh, flip phones, smartphones, whatever. And some of them have more esoteric kind of deals. So one girl has a, a scroll. One, uh, the sixth, a diary owner has a scroll. The fifth, which is a kid. And, and this is a thing, I will get to it. He has a kind of a picture book from school. That basically um, something that he draws in kindergarten, I think. And... One of the guys has an um, uh, audio recorder and so on and so forth. The thing is, right, so in the first episode, we get to see one of the main mechanics is that if the if the diary gets destroyed, the guy dies. The, the person, the owner dies. And uh, 
the first episode basically happens is Yukiteru as someone who practices darts. He hates a dart through the cell phone screen of the um, the third user that was actually his his homeroom teacher, which was also a serial killer. Uh, he punches a, a hole through his screen and the guy just uh, vanishes. It's kind of vanished, kind of. It's on, not really vanished. The the whole scene is kind of screwed up. It, there is a black hole that uh, forms inside the person, then they just uh, get out the out in, into the ether. I don't know. So the thing is, right? So the first episode, the third guy really really just dies. The main focus really is the fact that Yukiteru gets to know that Yuno is a danger, and that's pretty well and good. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. The second episode forward, we get to meet then the the main, let's say, main supporting cast is the ninth, which is, I don't actually remember her name, uh, Minene. Uh, basically, she's a terrorist and she goes there, attacks the, the school that Yukiteru and Yuno study and... In a really fucked up moment, she takes everyone hostage because she will blow the whole school up unless the not only the teachers but uh, the students hand in Yukiteru. And, and the thing is, right, so from this point on, you can already kind of see where this is really a story to be told more than a real Thing. What I mean by that, right? So she does a whole, a whole ceremony to blow his cell phone up. I mean, for all intents and purposes, if she has bombs in Japan, she could just bomb the place up and just kill the guy, kill two people for that matter, because you know also studs there. I mean, from this point on, you can already see this. It's not really, not that it's not serious, but um, you need to actually really get into the story and forget that this is a thing for for me at the very least i'm pretty uh, i'm pretty nitpicky when it comes to the, this kind of stuff because when the when the bad guys start monologuing i think uh, just punch him i mean just do the thing I, I don't know why you're you are giving him space to speak you know and this is one thing that runs around the anime a lot too but that's not the the main thing. So ninth um, eventually comes down to almost killing Yukiteru and and Yuno, and Yukiteru almost kills her back um, in a kind of reversal time uh, type um, thing. But she, he actually stabs her in the eye with a with a dart, and it's really. I mean, it's not really graphical because they don't actually show it the moment that he stabs it, but the moment before the, the thing touches her eye. You mean, one of the things, this anime is pretty brutal, and I mean, you know what you can deal with, you know? I, I know people who can't see blood for for their life. They don't, don't want to see blood at all. They really... Um, feel unwell and whatever when seeing it and the thing is right this anime is really brutal 
with its skills. The thing is, uh, as always, a discretionary call. You know what you you are up to. This is really violent, really fucked up. God damn. It, the themes are really heavy when they actually get heavy. They some parts are straight up. You you question whether this was made for for even kids to see. I, I mean, it is really really out there. So uh, we'll talk about uh, in general the running of the anime just to give you um, an idea. The so the the first episode's the the third dies. The second episode I don't actually remember, but you, you get we get introduced to more uh, to the ninth, which is the which is Minene. Minene will stick around for a long long time in the anime because she eventually becomes the supporting cast for one reason or another. The rest of the people that get involved, we eventually. Uh, get to meet the fourth user is a um, detective from the police. His diary um, has to do with anything that has to do with crime. So the um, the future of he, that he his diary um, writes is anything that is related to a case. So for instance, when Minene attacks the school, he appears. Because his diary told him that there would be a bombing in the school. And uh, the ninth diary is um, about a escape diary. So it gives instructions to Minene as a terrorist. To She's a self-proclaimed terrorist, let's say. She can... Uh, the, the diary basically tells her the way that she can, to, she can take to escape pursuers and whatever. Uh, so the fifth is a kid, and and this is the part where uh, this was not really made for children to watch. Um, and, and I actually don't. <laughs> this is a thing. I don't actually know the the rules of Japanese censorship for for uh, for anime and whatever or dramas and, and TV in general. Let's say I I got it's kind of impressing in a way. It's really fucked up. Let's say. First and foremost, the blanket term. This one, the the fifth, the fifth diary owner, it's a really fucked up case. Um, the the thing about the the thing about this kind of battle royale media and, and the the anime in general. Let's say just the anime for the sake for the sake of this review. In battle royale anime, they will always um, try to as the person will appear in the story get like one to two episodes of backstory slash interacting with the main cast and then they die. Uh, I don't actually think this is considered a spoiler because as I already said at the beginning, you kind of already know where this is going to end. But the thing is, right, so uh, before the fifth there's the sixth, but uh, let's start from the beginning. So after the bomb in the school, um, Yukiteru, Yuno, and the fourth guy, um, Kusuru Keigo, the the, the, de- the detective, they kind of make an, an alliance to kind of hunt down the other uh, the other owners and protect themselves. And although they always and this is a thing, right? Alliances always happen, and everybody knows that at the end of the day, they have to kill each other. Which to me is kind of really strange, but 
anyway, that's not the point. So they make this alliance and after that there's first the case with the sixth diary owner, which who's a girl that she's uh, she has like 20% of her vision and she's uh, how can I say that? She's the priestess for a sect in the in the city and in the between of dealing with her because she actually calls upon Yukteru to save her because she uh, thinks that she will be attacked. We get like Turbo introduced to the 12th and the 12th just dies really fast and after that the 6th also died. But the thing about the 5th, the 5th is the, the um, let's say the, the special one because the guy's a kid and we just get to know him because his parents were uh, Yukteru's parents' friends, and and the the kid just got orphaned because the sect that at the end of the day Yuno and Yukteru helped um, destroy and kill everyone. The kid's parents were there, so the kid is basically orphaned and wants revenge on Yuno and Yukteru because he knows that they killed his parents. And back to what I was saying about <laughs> Japanese censorship. God damn, I don't know what what the hell they have there, but my man, this wouldn't fly here in the West. Like, from what I know, I mean, killing kids is not something you can show on TV. And this is one of the cases. And then we get introduced to Yukiteru's mother also. And, well, the thing is... Eventually he dies, but the, um, the whole thing is really messed up. So, the 5th, the 6th, um, we we got to know and see that they go in, they going down. And basically, that ends there. And then we get to see the 10th uh, diary owner, which is not really well introduced. Um... The episode is more to introduce the um, the supporting cast for Yukteru outside of the game. They come they come in uh, later to be the supporting cast. They actually uh, let's say they, they interfere in the story well enough to the point that it has a bearing on the the final plot points. Let's just say that. But uh, basically that's it. And then the end of the first season, the towards the 13th episode, it ends with the fourth, the detective going down. From this point on, we basically rushed into 12 episodes, killing 8 people of the 12, and basically there are 12 episodes to clean up the rest, let's say. And so we, we then get to meet the 7th, with it's um, actually a couple, which have their, let's say, the individual diaries, although their diaries are kind of connected, but not really, so if one of them is destroyed, only one person's dead, so they are actually kind of 13 people, but anyways, that's not the point, though. At this point, really, the anime kind of gets really peak and troll, let's say, the, the, they introduce really fast some of the characters, and the characters don't actually do anything and then they just die or 
the conflict within the the game, let's say the the diary owners, gets gets kind of shafted, so more interesting parts of the plot get uh, introduced. So, for instance, when the seventh uh, the couple get introduced, the Eucterus dad, uh, Eucterus father, actually getting gets introduced too, and his arc is really really fucked up in a way because uh, eventually you find out that he he's kind of involved with a diary, with another diary owner but due to his debt the guy kind of just uh, demands him to find Yukteru and breaks his, break his cell phone without him knowing what breaking his cell phone will do and, and then things go places Again, I don't want to spoil many things about this anime because the the whole story actually really breaks down the second season with a lot of things happening. And easy to say from this point on, I, I don't actually want to want to talk much about the story anymore because if I talk anymore, I think the the spoilers will start to come up, and I don't want that. So just a uh, overview about the genre because ah. Uh, I chose the best and the worst anime to actually talk about this subgenre that is a dying breeder. Again, it's been really long since I saw one of these. Because, <laughs> let's be frank here, after Squid Game, I don't actually think any Battle Royale franchise will ever come out and not be compared to it. Let's say this one came first. This one came before Squid Game, so the the comparison is not really there. And for all we care, we could say Squid Game has some took some inspiration from it. But the thing is, right? So again, survival games are all they always end up with the same thing. You know that by the end, Yukteru and Yuno are going to stay alive, and things will kind of run run their course. And but although the the ending is in sight, the the journey is pretty good. I think um, talking especially about Mirai Nikki, Mirai Nikki has a lot of archetype in in many ways. I mean, as I already said, Yuno is the the personification of the Yandere, and we see throughout all the, the people that go through the game that. They are not really. They don't actually stick much to the archetype. They all have kind of different, different desires, different determinations, and whatever. Although some are really thrown away really fast, and some are just introduced, and you go like, "Yeah, I, I don't see. I don't see where this is going." For example, when the eighth diary owner gets introduced, you it's kind of you just go, "What?" For instance, I will not spoil because the eighth does doesn't actually have a bearing at the end of the day. But her story is pretty sad from what they um, from from what it is shown. Her story is pretty sad in a way, and she actually is the one that you would want to win it. But anyways, so what what's my point, right? Um, just that this. This genre is really out there. I think um, the one thing I really actually wanted to do 
it's to review Mirai Key as um, as it is really iconic. I really recommend anyone that wants to watch it to watch it because it is pretty good as an um, introduction to a genre, and not not only that, but um, an introduction to something that would eventually become more popular. That is the Yandere in the figure of Yuno, and also because sound-wise it slaps. Animation, not really. And the plot is pretty good, actually. The, the first time you watch it, it's really nice. But re-watching it, it's kind of difficult. When you know what's going to happen, it kind of becomes kind of bland. And before I, I finish it up, just a word of caution. If you are picky like me, and really pick to stick to details, sometimes some things that happen in this anime, mainly the... Um, attitude of the, the characters and whatever, they don't actually make sense, let's say, but the thing is, right, at some point the, the suspension of disbelief is uh, depends on the person, but mine was really shared at some points, I, I don't want to uh, explain too much of it, but I don't know, man, just th watch the show, if you like it, you like it, uh, please comment if you do, if you don't, please comment too, I don't know, talk about in the Discord, um, this enemy is it's pretty nice as a pastime, but it's not really well written. The let's say, this not that it is not well written. Let me rephrase that. The presentation, the presentation lacks in some key parts, and really does leave some plot holes to be to be shown. And some people that talk too much and then get killed for it. <laughs> That's about it, basically. Um, so if you like this me rambling about anime um if you like the show thank you for listening thank you for everything really i i got some extra followers on spotify the i think the last month and i was like wow it's kind of it's kind of nice uh anyways so if you like what i do if you like the show please like please follow please subscribe depending on the platform you're in please join the discord and i hope you stick around bye